0: Hello, my name is Isaac Keith Martinez, and welcome to Isaac's Haunted Beard. Today my goal is to try and talk you into checking out an 85-minute horror comedy from the year 2007, if you haven't already, called Jack Brooks, Monster Slayer. (laughs) Now, I'm going to talk about this movie, and I'm going to do my best to avoid giving away spoilers. Um, The stuff I do plan to reveal is nothing major, and nothing beats actually seeing all this stuff on the screen. But I'm going to spend some time first talking about the movie, and then I'll touch upon stuff that I like about this movie. So let's just head right into it, okay? Let's talk about Jack Brooks, Monster Slayer. So here's, here's what the movie is about. When Jack was a boy, his family was killed by a monster near the woods at night during a camping trip. He survived the incident by running away and hiding, but this gave him guilt. He couldn't have done anything about it, but he felt guilty that he didn't try. Now, fast forward to Jack as an adult. He's a plumber who attends night school, and he has rage issues. Now, it's not ever clearly uh, mentioned how old Jack is, but you can see that he looks like he's in, in his 20s. He's a young man. Now, throughout the film, we see examples of Jack's temper, and we see... Jack, in different scenes in an office throughout the film, talking to a counselor, not a therapist, but a a counselor. The character is called a counselor. Um, I'm not entirely sure why it's not a therapist. It does look like therapy-like sessions. They're scenes where Jack is explaining to the counselor things that recently made him angry and how he dealt with them. Um, This is probably because this is what Jack can afford. It's not anger management class, so it seems voluntary, and it shows that Jack is aware he has a problem and he's working on himself. Uh, Usually in movies, when you have a character like Jack, who has really intense anger issues, they're often portrayed as a villain and uh, often unsympathetic, but... Jack's definitely our hero, and he is portrayed sympathetically. And I think a part of, that, part of that sympathy comes from, A, seeing him as a child witness his family get slaughtered by a monster, and also seeing that he's working on himself. It's not like he doesn't care. But also we see later in the movie how this anger... Uh, Benefits him When he becomes Jack Brooks' monster slayer Now Jack goes to night school As does his girlfriend Eve Eve is very different from Jack She's high maintenance Um, (laughs) She's always disappointed in Jack Um, And they both look like They hate their relationship They seem mismatched But they stick it out for some unknown reason The class we always see them in is a science class, and it's run by Professor Crowley, who is played by the film's only star, and that's Robert Englund, Mr. Freddy Krueger himself. The professor that he plays, he's very sweet and friendly, and one day the the professor asks Jack if he can come to his place to check out his pipes, because he found out that he's a plumber, and he's having some trouble. He moved into a new house, and the pipes are giving him some some trouble, and he asks if he can come over and check it out, and Jack agrees to do so, hoping that this might score him some points with the teacher, because he's not the best student. He's not the worst, but he's not the best. So he does want to get to the teacher's good side. So Jack visits the professor's house that night and he checks it out. The pipes are old and Jack discovers in order to fix them, he'll need a replacement part from the hardware store. Now, while Jack was clanging away on the pipes, (laughs) it seemed to awaken an evil in the house or on the property. I don't know. (laughs) As, as clanging on pipes might sometimes do So be careful when you're clanging on them pipes An evil that leads all the way to the backyard Where it cracks a hole in the ground And you know it's evil, ladies and gentlemen Because evil smoke escapes from that crack Ooh, <laughs> spooky After Jack explains to the professor that he'll return on another day when he gets the replacement part, he leaves. The evil smoke finds its way into the house later when the professor is sleeping and it enters his body, temporarily possessing him into going outside to where the hole in the ground is. Now, this is where he wakes up the next day He discovers the hole. He discovers he had been outside all night digging a hole. Now, this is very mysterious, but so is the fact that there seems to be something in this hole. He's now back to his old self, but he continues to dig to see what's in it. And he continues to dig until he finds a large crate, which Once he pulls out of the ground and opens it, it not only contains human remains, you know, there's a skull in there, there's some bones, but also, most importantly, a heart, a black heart, a black heart that starts beating again upon being discovered. And then like a magnet forces itself into the professor's mouth. Like it's all foomp. (laughs) Like it it wants to go in his mouth, forces itself into his mouth, and he swallows it. And this leads to Crowley starting to transform into ultimately, by the film's end, a monster. Because let's face it, folks, this film is called Jack Brooks Monster Slayer. And Jack Brooks needs a monster to slay. I do want to point out that Robert England's playing a character named Crowley. And Robert England is mostly known for playing Freddy Krueger. I find it interesting that Freddy Krueger, being one of the most famous horror icons in history, mostly getting known and famous and popular in the 1980s, we also know that the other famous, popular, iconic horror villain from the 1980s is Jason Voorhees, who Freddy Krueger fought in Freddy vs. Jason, who is also uh, associated strongly with an actor, and that actor being Kane Hodder. This movie came out in 2007. A year earlier, in 2006, Kane Hodder played a character named Victor Crowley in a movie called Hatchet, which he reprised throughout the Hatchet franchise. I think the name Crowley comes from the name Alistair Crowley, which is a whole other conversation. If you feel inspired to see why horror movies at the time felt the need to name characters Crowley, Google it. Check it out. See the dark history of Aleister Crowley. The rock singer, Ozzy Osbourne, has a song about him called Mr. Crowley in one of his early records. So we continue. Now, during the film, we see Crowley continue to attempt to teach his class, but it's obvious there's something wrong as he's changing into something else. Now, another thing we see in the film is Jack's visits to the hardware store to get a replacement part for Crowley's Pipes. Now, it's not clear if the character that we meet in the hardware store is the owner of the store or just an employee who works there. But he's the most important person who works there in regards to Jack's visits to the store. It's a character named Harold. I'm sorry, Howard. I think it's Howard. (laughs) Harold Howard. I don't know. I think it's Howard. And Howard is really old. And that's part of his character's personality. One of those guys that just seems like he's so old that he just can't even seem to stay awake. He must own the place. I don't know who would employ this guy to sleep all day. It always seems as though whenever you want to talk to him, he's sleeping. You have to wake him up. (laughs) And... When you do, and you show him, or when Jack does, and he shows him the pipe part that he needs replace, uh, he's surprised to see such an old part. That he inquires, "Where exactly have you been plumbing, Jack?" And when he finds out that it's the old Watson place on the hill, that's that's where Mister Crowley lives. Professor Crowley lives on the old Watson place on the hill. I like that. That's very. Um, Almost Scooby Doo-ish, right? Oh, it's the old Watson place. Uh, He tells Jack the story of this house when Jack visits the store the second time to pick up his replacement part. Howard has a history with this house, and that goes back to his childhood. This this part of the story this is told in a flashback, and it reveals the origin of the Black Heart. And I'm not going to tell you that story because this is one of the, one of those moments where I don't want to reveal it to you. I don't want to spoil it. This is part of the joy of seeing the movie is this entire part of the film, which is really cool. It, it's actually one of those flashbacks that's so neat that it feels like it could be its own movie. Now, <laughs> when, when Harold's done telling the story... Jack doesn't seem interested in the story at all. Because keep in mind, up until this point, Jack hasn't had any encounters with monsters, so hearing a spooky story—because the story is spooky—it uh, doesn't um, doesn't seem important to him. But I mean, this man Harold—he's spilling his guts, telling this old traumatic memory to Jack, who doesn't seem to care. And after he's told the story, he just wants to pay for the item and go back to class. Now, when arriving to the class, we enter the final act of the story. You might be thinking, wait a minute, we're already at the end of the movie? I'm really trying my best here not to reveal every single thing that happens in the movie, just so that you get... The gist of what this film is about without actually ruining, uh, all the cool scenes in it. Cause I want you to watch it. I want you to see for yourself all the parts that I'm not telling you. Um, so here we are, the final act of the film. And when Jack arrives to the class, Crowley completes his transformation into a monster in class, complete with tentacles growing out of his body. And his body, if I can try to explain what kind of monster he looks like, he kind of looks like a, a version of himself, but grown larger into this very odd shape. And it reminds me a little bit about of... Um, That movie, Weird Science, you remember at the end when Chet turns into that weird brown monster and he has an odd shape. It's kind of like that. Slightly Jabba the Hutt-ish, but not as slug-like. So he has these tentacles growing out of him and they attack the students. You know, they, they lash out. You know, students are panicking. They're running and they're having a hard time escaping these tentacles, which are really fast. They grab The tentacles grab the students and pull them back to the monster that Crowley has become. And once a tentacle grabs you, it goes into your mouth. And it force feeds its victims something unknown. You can't really tell what's going, but it's gross. The sound of something going down their throat. And they're swallowing it against their will. And once they swallow it, it transforms them into a possessed version of themselves that becomes violent and will attack anyone who's not possessed. So they're like monsters in their own way. And this is a big, you know, uh, scene where you see Jack and his girlfriend Eve trying to escape the school while Jack tries to help other students who haven't been turned into the monsters yet also avoid getting killed or attacked by monsters and escape as well which also shows jack is a good guy now jack and eve successfully escaped the school during this scene but as they're driving away from the school jack hears on the radio in his van The same song that was playing on the radio the night his family was murdered on the camping trip. This brings back, I'm assuming, guilt of not facing the monster as a child. And he pulls over. He lets Eve out of his van. And he decides to return to the school to fight the evil and officially become Jack Brooks' Monster Slayer, in where he uses his anger to fuel his bravery and his plumbing tools as weapons. And there you go, folks. More or less, that's Jack Brooks' Monster Slayer. The title's a little misleading, because it might lead you to believe that you get an entire movie of Jack Brooks slaying monsters. When in fact, it's more of an origin story of how Jack Brooks becomes monster slayer. Now, if there was a sequel, you wouldn't have to uh, sit through the part, the whole movie where you learn how he becomes a monster slayer. He's just already the slayer. You know, which leads me to the question, like, should this movie... Have a sequel. I think most people would say yes. I'm on the fence about it. It could have a sequel. I don't think it's important to have a sequel. Um, I like this movie a lot. I don't think it's boring. To see this story of how this guy. Who is a plumber. Who's dealing with. His anger issues. His unsupportive girlfriend his attempts to better himself by going to night school, by going to a counselor to work on his anger issues, eventually transforms into being a person who fights actual monsters. Which makes, uh, which makes me think that if they were to continue to tell the story, in my opinion, it would be best if there was a... A television series. I don't think I need to see a sequel as a film. I like the idea of this movie being a pilot to a TV series where you see Jack traveling around the world fighting different monsters. Because although Professor Crowley is the lead monster in this movie, we do see Jack Brooks fight at least two other legit monsters. Because the other... Students who get turned into monsters don't really feel like monster monsters. You know, they really do look like human. They still look like humans. They just look like demonic, possessed versions of themselves. Actual monsters. uh, We see Jack fight two others. And that's the monster that killed his family when he was a kid. He actually goes back and tracks him down and fights him. And then another monster that we see Jack fight is in a village in a country that's unnamed in the beginning and ending of the film. So before the movie actually starts, there's an opening scene where you see a monster, a Cyclops monster, attacking a village. And the villagers are um, going to like a hut to get this warrior to help them fight this monster. And then after that scene, it leads to the movie, the whole movie that we just talked about. And then after that movie is over, it returns to that scene in that village and that warrior Um, Exits the hut To face the Cyclops monster And there's the reveal that It's Jack Brooks and he has become Jack Brooks monster slayer And we are guessing that Now that's his thing (laughs) He just travels around the world Helping people uh, Defeat monsters Now the movie's a It's a comedy horror film It's not scary Um, I've been a fan of this movie Since I first saw it back on DVD in 2007. I remember in the aughts, a lot of movies, a lot of horror movies that came out in movie theaters were uh, remakes. I know nothing has changed. I know they're still making tons of remakes, but it seems as though like there was a lot (laughs) during that 10-year run. And it was the most shocking Uh, period of time as a horror fan because we weren't used to it yet. And they were doing all these really famous movies. Some of them were good. Some of them were not so good. And it seemed as though if you wanted to see original horror films, you had to go to video. A lot of straight-to-video horror films were um, the way to discover new, new stories. You know, nowadays, a lot of the original horror stories are these like intellectual art films, which I really like, but the straight to video horror films of the aughts were I I feel they were more comical and they seemed to pay homage to a lot of the older monster movies and and slasher films of the 80s. They had a they had a good sense of humor. Um I remember at the time I would regularly buy magazines like uh particularly Room Org. And they'd have these full page ads for for movies coming out straight to video. And that was like a way to find out about about new movies to check out. And sometimes uh, artwork in an ad could win you over. Kind of like in the old days, like the 90s, you go into a video store and you go to the horror section and you would be um, inspired to rent something just because of the artwork on the cover of the box, so this is a similar, similar thing where I would see, I'd see uh, full-page ads in Rumorg magazine, and I'd seen the ad for Jack Brooks Monster Slayer, and I thought it looked terrific. So I started looking for it. You know, I eventually found it in a in a store, and I blind bought it because it wasn't it wasn't a pricey title. And it just seems like, how could you go wrong, even if it wasn't that good? It would look cool on your shelf. That spine, Jack Brooks, Monster Slayer. (laughs) You know, it shows that I have a sense of humor about uh, horror films as well. You know, they're not always have to be serious. They don't always have to be scary. They can be fun. And I've revisited this movie every once in a while since 2007. And like other films that I love, I notice my feelings for it grow with each viewing. You know, you ever have those movies where you see it, and maybe the first time you see it, you're like, it's all right, it's not great, but, you know, I like it. And once in a while, you're in the mood to watch something, but you're not really sure what you want to see. So you pick something you've seen before, something that you know what to expect from it, and you've, you, know, you already know that you like it. And when you watch it again, you notice that you like it a little more. And that happens every time you revisit it. You like it even more. And then it gets to the point where last night I watched Jack Brooks again for, I don't know, maybe the fifth or sixth time in my life. It's not like I've seen it a ton of times. And I noticed that I went from liking it to loving it. (laughs) I remember one of the most um, almost silliest things that I thought during the movie was, wow, this is a perfect film. And I I recognized how silly of a statement that is. Because when you call something a perfect film, you're usually reserving a statement like that for a movie That's classic, you know, like, for instance, um, 2001, A Space Odyssey, like films by Stanley Kubrick. He makes perfect films. Something like Jack Brooks, Monster Slayer shouldn't be described as a perfect film. But what I meant by it in my mind was here's a movie that is attempting to achieve specific goals and it achieves all of them. It's funny. It's it comes up with cool designs for monsters. It tells a good story. All the actors give great performances. The movie doesn't overstate. its welcome. It's got great pacing for the type of story it's telling, which is a monster story. It hits all its marks. So in that sense, it actually is kind of a perfect film. Um, one of the things I, I love about it is that it's got practical effects. There's no CGI in it. All the monsters are like old school rubber suits and all the effects are, are practical. So, you know, I'm a fan of that. It just feels ickier, you know, it feels grosser. <laughs> They're done well. Um, and like I said, the cast is terrific. It's mostly uh, unknown people outside of Robert Englund. It's no one I know. My favorite character is the woman who plays Eve. Um, the thing about this movie is it's funny, but not funny like in an obvious way. It's almost like a subtle kind of funny. I want to perform for you right now my favorite line in the film, which gives you a great example of its humor. And you're either going to go, oh, I get it. Or you're going to be like, uh, oh, why is that funny? But when you see it, hopefully at the very least, you'll go, oh, this is that part that Isaac thinks is funny. So there's a part where she walks into the classroom and she sees her friend And she sits down and she turns to her and she says, oh, perfect. I want to talk to you about something. Okay. Saturday night, Jen's having a party. I don't know how I feel about that, but are you going? (laughs) So does, I mean, give you an idea of what Eve is like. I know that doesn't do justice to how funny he is, but the delivery of the line is so perfect to me. Same with Harold. My second favorite character is Ho- or Howard. Gosh, I keep making that mistake. The hardware store, old man. Because his performance of his character is so old. His lines aren't specifically funny. But the way he just performs them and delivers them is, is, is funny to me. Like when he first sees that part that... Uh, Jack needs a replacement for he's like uh, he sees it and he looks surprised he goes I'll be a son of a bitch that's an iron master 100 no 200 oh I'm gonna have to order this where'd you say you've been plumbing you know I mean that was a little bit of an exaggeration but it's not too far off I just I dig that <laughs> Um, hey I hope that You do want to check this movie out. I feel like it would have been um, a cult classic by now. Like I feel like it should be a cult classic, but it's different. It seems harder to become a cult classic now in this day where a lot of movies like this are seen for the first time. Uh, on video or by streamings as where a lot of the movies from the 70s and 80s are movies that you saw for the first time in theaters so they have that history with audiences um if you do want to check it out it's pretty it's pretty simple to see it's streaming on prime it's also free on tubi and youtube and If you want to collect it, it's on DVD for $7 on Amazon.com. It's on Blu-ray for $10. And it's also available on a Blu-ray for $22 in a three-pack with a movie called Mega Piranha and Grizzly Park. I haven't seen either of those films, so I can't vouch for them. I don't know if I did a good job of talking you into checking this out, but hopefully you're intrigued. And check it out. And if you do see it, please let me know on Twitter what you thought of it. If you're not following me on Twitter, please do. I'm at Isaac's Haunted Bee. Also, subscribe to my YouTube channel. I'm there on YouTube as Isaac's Haunted Beard, and I'm here on this blog, excuse me, on this podcast, which is like a blog, uh, which I hope to uh, to continue to do every week because I'm having so much fun talking about movies with you. And until next time, I want to thank you for spending time with your old haunted pal. And I'm off to slay some monsters. (laughs) Not really. Uh, I think if I saw monsters in real life, I'd be like, feet don't fail me now. And I'd be like running. I'd be like a coward, like Scooby-Doo and Shaggy, which this movie is kind of like. It's like a Scooby-Doo horror film. Until next time, folks. Aloha.